chapter 2, that's on page 1027 if you want to follow along. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for your life, your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you care deeply for us, that you would come. Come again in your mercy. Come again in your compassion upon us this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so just briefly, I want to just share a couple of things. Could anybody tell me what they think that is? Gin. Do you know, it's been a long advent, can I just tell you? And this is, for me, the last step. But actually, yeah, Ben. Subject of controversy. Why is that, Ben? Uh, Very good, Ben. So is this a half-full glass or a half-empty glass? Anybody for half-full? Anybody for (laughs) half-empty? Okay, thank you for your honesty, by the way. Actually, because I, I think I would say the last couple of years have been what actually when people think about people are optimistic and say they look at possibilities and people who we categorized as a bit more pessimistic. Actually, the last couple of years have been like, for those who think the world could go wrong, have been like, yeah, I've told you this all along. I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Have you seen the state of the world through COVID? Have you seen the mess we're in financially as a nation? Have you seen the kind of mess to do with politics and just the anxiety levels because of what we've done to the world, our environment. 
Perhaps before, if, I, if you've got a medical background, actually before we talk about all the medical conditions you could talk to a doctor about, things that are silent killers. I know on Christmas morning we get to celebrate, but actually in our world outside of here, actually you don't need to be around long to realize there's a lot of people who are despairing. But how do we find hope in a place of despair? And actually the world will offer us all sorts of different hopes this morning. And we will have tried some of those things. We'll have gone after certain things thinking those are the things that are going to sort my life out, fulfill me, be the answer to all my questions. But actually it turns out when we follow those and we go after those, whether we get them or we don't, they turn out to be false hopes often. Promised the world, but actually didn't deliver. And that's, may I say, a lot about what modern marketing is about. Charles Revlon, the founder of Revlon, said that he didn't sell makeup to women. He sold hope. He sold hope. That's what all the makeup ads are all about. If you wear this, if you look like this, and you do this, your dreams will come true. The person you long for will come on a white horse and take you off into the sunset on a gorgeous beach. So how do we find a sure hope in this time for many people, which is a time of despair? And the answer lies for us in the gift of this child Jesus 2,000 years ago. Hope has a name. And actually it's hope that keeps us going, particularly through hard times, through difficult times. Hope that causes us to keep going when actually it's really tempting to pack things in and to quit. When the going gets too tough, it's the fact that a better future, a brighter future, a good future exists beyond my current circumstances that helps me to keep going rather than to pack it in. Simple illustration, imagine there are two people, say Jack and Jill, who are working in a company. They're both doing the same job, they're both earning the same amount of money. The difference is they're on minimum wage, but at the end of working at one year, Jill will be paid £25 million. But Jack will get paid nothing. Jack's not promised anything, and the job they're doing is just relentless difficult to get lots of abuse from the customers they're dealing with. Their boss is a tyrant, making their life a misery day after day after day. And their co-workers, the people they work with, are really negative and they're finding things really awkward. Your job stinks. So Jack says, well, do you know, I'm going to find a new job. This place is terrible. Jill, however, says... Do you know, I don't think this is that bad. I think I'm going to work here at least a year. What's the difference, essentially, between Jack and Jill? It's the expectation of the future. Jill has hope. Jack doesn't. Jill, Jill believes that good things will come if she hangs in there, even when the going gets tough. Jack doesn't have that hope, so he quits. Everything sits on our expectation 
of the future, our expectation of the future. And the Christmas story is full of hope. Jesus, spoken of through the prophets, comes after centuries of silence amongst in a tiny village in a stable. It doesn't look promising. A star speaks of God's promise. Jesus is the promised hope. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is God's own son. Jesus came to save the world to break the power of sin and death and hell. Which means that any situation we face, if we bet on Jesus, if we place our trust in Jesus, the moment when our earthly hopes and our earthly dreams get shattered, Jesus remains. The eternal reward is ours. So this morning, hopelessness and despair is not a Christian perspective. You see, the only sure hope is based on what God has done in and through Jesus. And nothing can take that away from you. Earthly things, people, jobs, places, relationships, treasures, they will fade and pass away. The only sensible way to build a sure life, a life of hope, is on something that never fades. So this Christmas, we're going to celebrate, we're going to sing, we're going to share in communion in a second because of Jesus is coming to earth. That God would renew us afresh this day in eternal hope. The kind of simple line in the hymn was going through my mind that maybe this morning you need strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. That God would renew, renew you in strength and restore you in hope as we journey through this coming year. So let me pray before we respond in worship. Heavenly Father, thank you. Do you know everything about us this morning? Our frailties, our weaknesses, our challenges, the joys of our lives, our hopes and dreams. Just ask afresh where maybe some of us, that some of us this morning have lost hope in certain things or certain situations. We offer those back to you this morning. Would you restore hope? Would your kingdom come? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.